Well, good morning, everyone. So, so glad you are here. Are you excited to be here? Are you excited to hear some teaching from God's Word? We uh, delight in Scripture at the neighborhood. The, the Word of God matters to us. Uh, being rooted in the Word of God, understanding the Word of God, knowing the Word of God uh, is so, so important. Never been a time, never been a time when uh, there's so much knowledge in the world. And we shouldn't be surprised by that. The Bible says in the end times, knowledge will increase. And in the 21st century, <laughs> Uh, knowledge just seems to be exponentially taking off. Uh, many of us have got so used to uh, our smartphones that we almost have forgotten that there was a time when we didn't have smartphones. 2007, the first iPhone was released. But we act like, man, we've had these around forever. And they have given us access to knowledge almost wherever we are. Knowledge is increasing. GPS. Now, there was a time when Donna and I went for trips, and Donna would be beside me, and she'd have this map stretched out like this. And then about an hour and a half after we're supposed to turn, she says, oh, we're supposed to turn back there. <laughs> that doesn't happen anymore. We have GPSs, and if you use them, they're, they're a blessing to us. But they scare me. Who is it up there who knows where I am all the time? and knows when I'm supposed to turn left and when I'm supposed to turn right and knows when I didn't turn where I was supposed Anyhow, we've got, there's a lot of knowledge out there. The human uh, genome and everything that's being done in medical science as a result of, of discovering uh, greater depth of knowledge in the area of human genes, um, so much happening. And yet, there's an area where we are abysmally ignorant in. And the area most people are so uninformed about and unaware of is the area of the spirit. The area of the spirit. And I'm not just talking about the Holy Spirit, the out there Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the spirit within man. And that we are created um, as spiritual beings. I opened the hood of my F-150, mostly to put uh, windshield washer fluid in. 
after that, it just looks very confusing to me in there. And because it's confusing to me, I don't fix anything under there except the water washer, windshield washer fluid levels. Because I don't get it. One of the reasons so many are messed up today in our world is we don't get it. We don't understand what makes us tick. We don't understand how we've been made. And so today, I, uh, I want to talk to you about that. And the first thing I need to do in order to build the truth into your life is I need to erase a lie in your life. And most of you have already erased it. But you did not evolve from animals. You did not evolve from animals. You are different as an individual, as a person, as a human, than anything else in creation. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So when he went to make people, went to make us, went to make humans, he did something different. He made us in his image. He made us like him. And with that came dominion over fish and birds and livestock over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. That's what creeping things do. They creep over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God made us different. God created us special. And like God is spirit... Like God is spirit, we are also spirit. I like dogs, but dogs don't have a spirit. We have a spirit. We're made in the image of God. We have a, a spirit. We're made in the likeness of God. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 23. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Do a work in every area of your life. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right there, if we were to pull back the hood of God's creation of you, we would discover that every person in this room has three major components, three major parts. And the order of importance in this verse is the order of importance in your life. Spirit, soul, and body. We are tripartite beings. Tripartite beings. Spirit, soul, and body. I think it was Monday, maybe it was Tuesday. I was on Facebook a little bit in the morning. And... Uh, 
I don't know how Facebook decides whose posts I'm going to see. I never go looking for posts, but if they're staring at me, sometimes I read them. Pastor Yasmin's was right in front of me. And this is what her post said early this week. No one is without this divine ache. Whether they realize it or not, humanity was built to be dependent on the operating system of divine communication. And when the world becomes louder and more vitriolic, the ache for that communion only increases. God isn't merely a good idea or a meal ticket to an eternal banquet. He is the very essence and origin of pleasure, goodness, excitement, adventure, joy, and wonder. Not just because we find those things in what he gives us, but because we find those things in God himself. He is absolute perfect, and unimaginably satisfying goodness. Being with him is rest, hydration, and freedom. Strahan Coleman, an author and writer in the areas of prayer and spiritual pursuit of God. No one is without this divine ache. Why do all of us have this divine ache? Because we're tripartite beings. We are spirit, soul, and body. And the spirit part of us is designed for us to be in divine communication with God. And unless we recognize that such a huge component of how God has made us and how God has designed us, we're always going to be confused. We're always going to feel part empty. We're always going to feel like something terribly important is missing. Because it is. We are designed to be in divine communication with God. And that's why we see some of the greats of Scripture um, talking about that divine communication so often in their lives. King David, Psalm 103, verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. What is that? That's the That's the divine communication we've been designed for. From his innermost being, he is in communion with Almighty God. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Mary finds out she's going to be the one who uh, brings the Messiah into the world, Virgin Mary, and she says... Oh, magnify the Lord with me. She's in this divine communication. Soul, magnify the the Lord. (laughs) 
David's going through a time of depression. Psalm 42, verse 11. Why art thou disquieted within me, O my soul? Hope thou in God. He's going to God with his soul and saying, come on, smarten up, soul. We're created for divine communication with God. We're meant to walk with God and, and talk with God and and commune with God. So let's look at how God has designed us. Body, soul, and spirit. Now the body is uh, the part of us that has this hit click wants to pursue personal satisfaction. A lot of us think of body as kind of this thing we can touch and the five physical senses. But really, scripturally, when it's talking about body and flesh, the the real connection is or the stronger connection is with a word we're all familiar with, ego. Life, I'm going to make sure I'm satisfied today. I'm going to make sure that I'm being noticed today. I'm going to make sure I get what I want today. And it becomes this pursuit of me, myself, and I, my personal fulfillment, my personal desires. The spirit part of us pursues God's glorification. The spiritual part of us, the spirit is designed to seek the glorification of God and the enjoyment of God, fellowship with God, communion with God. We're tripartite beings, spirit, soul, and body. And so you figure out um, where you're really at on this by simply answering this question. When you wake up in the morning and you put your feet on the floor, what are you thinking about? What can I do? What can I do? Notice me more. What can I do? Or is it when your feet hit the ground? Oh God, thank you. This is another day you've given me. Help me to honor you glorify you be magnified through me be honored in my words and my actions and my reactions today people of spirit are pursuing God being glorified through them and in them people of 
people of flesh are pursuing uh, personal satisfaction. And then we've got the soul. And the soul is this complex inner part of us. So when the Bible talks about inner man, it's usually talking about soul and spirit together. So the soul and spirit are our inner man. The soul is our thoughts and memories, our feelings and emotions, our mind, our imaginations, our heart. And uh, I would really, from my understanding of scripture, regard the soul as our control center, man's control center. And so I've titled today's message, Controlling Our Controller. It's so important for us to understand that it's in the area of our thoughts and feelings and mind and heart and imagination. It's in that area that we make a decision whether we're going to pursue personal satisfaction or we're going to pursue God's glorification. It's in your soul that you decide that. And we've got to learn, we've got to learn to bring our soul uh, under control so that we are spending our lives as Christians pursuing God's glorification. You'll never pursue God's glorification in your life if you ignore the health of your soul. If you ignore the importance of uh, disciplining your soul. So how in the world do we do that? The million dollar question, how do we uh, manage our control center? So here we need to go ahead about 10 slides, I think, but find a slide that says something like, how do you, how do you live in the spirit? So what I'm doing here this morning is I'm taking out about a third of my sermon. Everybody say, thank you, Pastor. <laughs> and... Uh, the first thing you do if you want to live in the spirit is you give, no, you got to go ahead about 10 slides there. Um, if you're going to live in the spirit, you have to find point number one. Uh, give your, there we are, give your life to Jesus. Thank you, Jay. You have to give your life to Jesus. That's the starting point. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 13. You Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God sa saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit. When you believe in Christ, when you believe in Christ, he identifies you as his. And what happens? He gives you the Holy Spirit. So the first key, the first secret 
to entering into everything God has for you. So when God designed you, he designed you as body, soul, and spirit. The first secret to entering into the fullness of life, understanding life, enjoying life, uh, is to give your life to Jesus. When you give your life to Jesus, when you believe in Jesus, God gives you the Holy Spirit. There's no shortcut here. There's no shortcut here. That's the starting point. You're here today and, and you've never given your life to Jesus. I'd invite you to make today the day you do that. Life is difficult and life is confusing and life is hard. But it's really hard to fix it if you're not aware of what's under the hood of God's creation of you. And he's created you, above all else, to be a person in communion with him. A person where his spirit indwells you. So the first point is to give your life to Jesus. And the second uh, thing is you need to train yourself to control the controller. You need to train yourself to control the controller. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. The desires of the flesh are against the spirit. The desires of the spirit are against the flesh. These are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. So there's this, this reality in our lives that there's going to be opposition going in, on inside of us. Because the flesh, that part of you that wants personal satisfaction, the flesh is against the the spirit. And the spirit is against the flesh. Because the spirit in you wants God to be glorified. You say, I don't know, I can't be a very good Christian. There's this battle going on inside of me all the time. And sometimes it gets so tough because I just seem to want more attention than I should be wanting. Give yourself a break. That's what's supposed to be happening because your body, soul, and spirit. And the flesh and the spirit don't get along. But you have to train your soul. You have to train your soul to turn off, shut off the, the mind, the, the heart desire that craves attention and to direct your heart to God and God's will and God's glorification and enjoy. You have to train yourself uh, to do that. You have to train your controller. The soul is your control controller. You have to train your soul to center in, zero in on God. Um, so I went for a walk this morning and then I got back and... Uh, of Hebrews chapter 10, and I came to verse 39. I said, wow, that's an interesting verse, talking about what kind of people we're supposed to be. We are not those, Hebrews 10 verse 39, we're not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and preserve their souls. We're not people who shrink back, give up, quit. 
but were people of faith and people who preserved their souls. So what is the writer to the Hebrews saying there? We have got to be people who take seriously the preservation of our souls. We have to look after the health of our souls. We have to control the controller. Have to control the controller. Um, Number three, got to change your mind. Now, most of the time we discourage changing your mind. Um, you say you're going to do something, you should do it. And you, so you think before you speak. But in the big picture, you got to learn to have a complete change in your mind. Romans chapter 8, verse 5, English Standard Version, which... Uh, by the way, is the version I do most of my preaching out of. Romans 8, verse 5, English Standard Version. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Now, your mind is part of your soul, big part of your soul. What you do in your soul, what you do in your thinking, you do in your thinking determines whether you're going to be pursuing the spirit or you're going to be pursuing the flesh. You set your mind on things of the flesh, guess what you're going to spend your life pursuing? Things of the flesh, because that's what you're thinking about. But you set your mind to pursue the things of the spirit, and what are you going to end up pursuing? You're going to end up pursuing the things of the spirit it's where you set your mind Uh, amplified classic same verse those who are living according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh so why are some people living according to the flesh because that's where they have set their minds they're just gratifying their body gratifying their fleshly desires But those who are living according to the Spirit, what have they done? They have set their minds on the things of the Spirit, Spirit, His will and purpose. Your soul is your control center. You have got to make a decision about where you're going to set your mind. You're going to set your mind on the things of this world, temporary things, the things of the flesh, or you're going to set your mind on God, God's ways, God's things, eternal things. And then uh, something from the New Catholic Bible, all kinds of versions out there. Oh, pastor, you're reading out of a Catholic Bible. What are you doing that for? Thought you were, had more spiritual discernment than that. I'm reading out of the New Catholic Bible because it has something to say to us this morning. Those who live according to the flesh fix their attention on the things of the flesh, while those who live according to the Spirit set their thoughts on spiritual things. What are you... (laughs) fixing your attention to what are you setting your thoughts on huge question Romans chapter 8 verse 6 
I'm reading out of the New International Version now, which might upset some more of you now. Um, and some of you are saying, finally, pastor's reading out of the best version. Romans 8, Romans 8, verse 6. This is what it says, Romans 8, verse 6. Uh, we're still on point number three, sorry. Uh, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. What's governing your mind? The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. You can't let your mind be governed by the flesh. It does not submit to God's law. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. <laughs> You've got to let your soul be set on things of the spirit. Your soul makes the decision whether you're going to live a fleshly life or a spiritual life. Fleshly or spiritual, fleshly or spiritual, fleshly or spiritual. Now, point four. Point four. Get into the Bible. Get into the Word of God. Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Down to the third line, do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That is, by testing, you may discern what is the will of God. So how do you... How do, you, how do you change from being pursuing things of this world to uh, being conformed or transformed into the image of Christ? How, do you, how does that? By the renewal of your mind. By the renewal of your mind. You need to get into the Word of God so the Word of God will renew your mind. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Uh, verses 19 to 21. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Well, souls are your control center. What's going to save your soul? The implanted word. Is the word implanted in your soul? Is the word implanted in your soul? The most delightful part of my day, and I, I feel the most important part of my day, is after I make Donna breakfast... After I make Donna breakfast, I get out of the house and I go for a walk. And as a part of that walk, I always stop and I let the Word of God soak my soul. It's the most important part of my day. Because as the Word of God gets planted in me, there's a cleansing and a proper prioritizing of my soul. I want my soul to be shaped by the Word of God. I want my soul to be shaped by the Word of God. And I fear, because I see it in my own life when I let it happen, 
that the reason there's so much worldliness in us is because there's so much wordlessness. The reason there's so much worldliness in us is because there's so much wordlessness. And we're trying to live our faith without ever having a personal relationship with the Word of God. You need to have a relationship with the Word of God because there's a divine ache in you. There's a divine ache in you for divine communication. And guess what? This is the best communication you'll ever get from God. This is the best communication you'll ever get from God. It's a whole lot better than my preaching. Get into the book. Get into the Bible. And number five, live the word. Uh, it's not just enough to study it. And don't just be a hearer of the word, be settling for not being a doer. When you do that, you're like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, looks at himself, and goes away and doesn't have a clue what he really looked like when he's looking in there. What did I look like when I looked in that mirror? I haven't got a clue. Don't live like that. Live the word. So a church member comes up to me and says, Pastor, how do I find Canadian Tire? <laughs> of course, I'm the logical person to go to for that instruction, but, but they've come to me. So I say, well, get out here on, on uh, Pine House, turn left, get to Primrose, turn left, get to Warman Road, turn left, get to Circle Drive, turn left. And when you get uh, on Circle Drive, get to the Preston, Preston Avenue crossing, turn right. So only one right, a bunch of lefts, one right on Preston Avenue, and Canadian Tire is on your left. Oh, thank you, Pastor. Could you write that down for me? <laughs> so when I would kind of like to be saying hi to all the saints, I'm writing out instructions for Canadian Tire. I give it to the saint some good instructions on how to find Canadian Tire. And then they come to prayer on Tuesday morning. I gotta get the Canadian Tire this week. I, I'm wondering if you prayer people could pray that I'd be able to find Canadian Tire. Would you just pray for me that I'll be able to find Canadian Tire? So we spend time at prayer meeting praying that you'll find Canadian Tire. And when it's all done, you know, I'm not sure I'll be able to find Canadian Tire. Would any of you be willing to fast with me tomorrow? Could you fast for me that I will find Canadian Tire? And then you wake up Friday morning and you've got a bunch of texts from this person. Uh, I'm going to try to find Canadian Tire today. Please pray that somehow God would intervene. And friends, start doing it. Turn left on Pine House. Make this thing so much more difficult than it is, friends. Do what God has said to do. Do what God has said to do. 
live the word. Uh, is there another point? Everybody's saying, I sure hope not. Oh. One more. Recognize that speaking in tongues edifies your spirit. First Corinthians 14, verse four, the first half. One who speaks in tongues builds himself up. So again, what do we let shape us? The word of God, we let the word of God shape us. Somebody's saying, I don't believe in speaking in tongues. Well, all I'm saying is the Bible says the one who speaks in tongues builds himself up. You build your spirit up. And uh, I would encourage you uh, to say, God, if that's something you want me to discover and have, I'm open. Just begin to say that to him. Just begin to say that to him. Speaking in tongues builds up our inner man. So there's your tripartite thing. You need to control your controller. You need to control your controller. Your controller, your soul, determines whether you're going to be a person of the spirit or a person of the flesh, whether you're going to be pursuing God's glorification or personal satisfaction all your life. You need to be a person of the spirit and you become a person of the spirit by strengthening your soul and letting your soul be pointed in the direction of God and that comes from having a real intimate relationship with God and his word and communicating with God. George Mueller who planted an orphanage in uh, Bristol, England in the 1800s wrote this. I saw more clearly than ever that the first and great primary business to which I ought to attend to every day was to have my soul happy in the Lord. The first thing to be concerned about was not how much I might serve the Lord or how I might glorify the Lord, but how I might get my soul into a happy state and how my inner man might be nourished. But now what is the food for the inner man? So how do I do that? Not prayer, but the word of God. And George Mueller was not against prayer. But he was saying, the thing that gets my soul healthy and happy and aligned properly is getting into the word of God. It's getting into the word of God. It's pretty hard to argue with, uh, with success. Here's a guy who who fed and housed hundreds of orphans, never sent out a fundraiser any day. He got in God's word, learned what God's word said, and then he'd say, God, you said you'd supply our needs. He built five orphanages. If he'd built them today, they would have a total value of $14 million without ever sending out a fundraising letter or making a public appeal for money, he did all of his talking to father. Seven million dollars of food to raise the orphans he fed during his lifetime. And he says the secret, the secret is just get into the word of God. And let him speak to you and it, as his word gets strong in your life, your, your recognition of 
of God's presence and ability to lead you and guide you just becomes that much stronger. So God help us hope this, these thoughts have been a blessing to you. But they don't do you any good if you go to prayer meeting on Tuesday morning and say, I'm wondering if you could pray that maybe somehow I'll discover how to do something about my soul. Just do it. Don't settle for being a hearer. Make the decision to dig in and do it. We've had church. Let's go be the church. God bless you. You are dismissed.